You're listening to the Gluten-Free Guide Podcast with your hosts, Vanessa Weisbrod and Emily Friedner. Welcome to the Gluten-Free Guide Podcast. I'm Vanessa Weisbrod, coming to you from the Celiac Disease Program at Children's National Health System. Before we get started with today's episode, I just want to say thank you again to the Walter and Jean Boak Global Autoimmune Institute for their continued partnership and support to make this podcast possible. So today we have a very exciting guest. My co-host, Eric Weisbrod, will be interviewing Carla Borsoy from NEMA Sensor. She'll be talking to us about the new sensor that's an emerging tool for determining food safety. The basic idea is that there's a sensor, you put some food in it at a restaurant, and it will tell you whether or not it contains gluten. So I'm going to toss to Eric now and learn all about the new sensor. Eric, let's get started. Okay, we're here with Carla Borsoy with the NEMA sensor. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. So tell us a little about this sensor and how it works. Yeah. So I'm going to, there's kind of two ways to talk about that. One is how do you use it? And then the other one is how it works. So the way that you use it is you have a one-time use capsule, which contains all the chemistry. And I'll explain a little bit about that. And you put a pea-sized amount of food in that capsule, twist the lid on that, put that in the device, press start. And then it takes a few minutes and then you'll either get a smile if it's under 20 parts per million, or you'll get a gluten found symbol if we detect gluten in the sample. Now, as to how it works, it's antibody-based detection, so we're actually looking for the protein found in wheat, barley, and rye. And when you put the food in the capsule, it's actually going into that chemistry so that we can look for those proteins in whatever sample of food it is that you're testing. And then the device itself does all this stuff like mixing and grinding the food and reading the results of the test and then displaying them. So that's sort of the how it works. And how much food do you have to put in for it to work? Just a pea-sized amount, and it could be a liquid or a solid. Uh, There are some exceptions, so you can't test hydrolyzed gluten, which is the gluten that you might have in like a soy sauce or a beer, because of the limitations of the chemistry, and there's some more information about that on the website. But other than that, you can test pretty much anything. I mean... Uh, I tested some salad yesterday and some pizza, then I tested some scones, and then I tested a oatmeal pudding, and then I tested a mocha, like, you know, kind of test everything, soups, all of that kind of stuff. How much gluten needs to be present in order for it to pick up? Yeah, so the device is designed to be sensitive at that 20 part per million level, so um, based on whatever you're testing, again, if if it's... um, Below that level, we're going to just give you that smile. And if it's greater than that level, we're going to give you that gluten found. So there are times when we can detect below 20 parts per million. And that's why I say we're going to give you a smile only if it's under 20 parts. But we're going to give you that gluten found symbol if we detect any. So we're going to default to the most conservative perspective. Are there is there any customizing that the, the user can do? Or is it sort of set to a default? You put it in, wait a couple minutes, and it tells you, you know... Yes or no? Yeah, great question. In the long term, we'd love for people to kind of be able to tune the device to whatever, because some people maybe are intolerant and don't have celiac disease, or some people don't react at certain levels, but not at the moment. Long term, that would be something really helpful for folks that we would like to do. And um, 
How many uses can you get with each one? With each capsule? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so each capsule is one-time use only. So once you've used it, the chemist, think about it this way, it's sort of like a pregnancy test for food. So you wouldn't reuse a pregnancy test, you wouldn't reuse this. So you would throw it away and use a different capsule for each test. And some people have asked, well, you know, if I go out to dinner and I have three different things on the plate, do I have to use three capsules? Well, if you're good, you can take, you know, if you make things small enough, you can take a little bit of each. So, for example, with a salad, if you take a piece of lettuce and you rub it around the bowl, you're going to pick up a lot of different pieces and you can just take that. Or you might, um, we went for Indian a few weeks ago and we tested like one piece of rice and some of the sauce and a little, you know, tiny bit of the meat. So you can kind of mix and match on the plate depending on what it is that you're worried about. And some people... Um, are not as sensitive, and they'll say, for example, only, you know, if they have mashed potatoes, they'll just test the mashed potatoes, but they trust the steak or the green beans or something. So this is something, obviously, people are going to take with them to restaurants and and test it on the food that they're eating. Um, If you're at a restaurant and it comes out as containing gluten, what do you suggest that the person does from there yeah. at the restaurant. Well, I would actually say, I would back up a little bit and say that when people go to the restaurant, they still have an obligation to let people know that they need food to be gluten-free. Um, I was sharing this anecdote with someone earlier, but my own self, right? right. I work in this. I do this every day. I went to a restaurant. I forgot to tell them one of the things I'm allergic to. I just didn't even bother to mention it. And in the end, uh, my soup came out and I went to eat it and I noticed a giant mushroom floating I can't eat mushrooms so I was like it was my fault right so it's the same thing with being you know when you're gluten-free when you go to a restaurant your the obligation is to tell the restaurant what happens so if, if it comes to the and you ask a bunch of questions ask how the food is prepared all those things so then once you get the result if you do get a gluten found we look at this as an opportunity to start a conversation with the restaurant not to point fingers and blame anyone human error happens people try their best and instead just say you know look I'm so sensitive I have this device to help me test my food before I eat but I did find gluten what you know can you help me figure out where and when you pose it as a question or as like a little bit of detective work we find people are really open to that conversation so that's the one first thing is to talk to the restaurant the second thing is hopefully you have a snack pack or there might be other items on the menu that you could order or maybe you just don't eat at all now we have some um, of our community members have done sort of all three we have a young woman um, who is a NEMA community member who just graduated from Stanford and she used to joke that she couldn't go out on Friday nights well she would go out to dinner on Friday nights and she would refuse to make plans afterward because she was always getting sick and then having to kind of um, end her evening early so with NEMA what she found was that a all of her friends were around her waiting to see whether or not NEMA would smile or show a gluten found symbol and if it you know if they got a smile they would cheer and if it, even when they got the gluten found symbol they're like yay you now you know and you can still go out with us later but she would either generally bring a backup meal or you know have some sort of snack that she could then still enjoy her evening. So it's about that whole process. So there's things that you need to do for yourself, and then there's things you can do to help the community by asking the restaurant and helping to dig into um, where that contamination might be coming from. Mm-hmm. And how have you found the restaurants respond to learning that their food may contain gluten, especially when it's a restaurant that, you know, prides itself on being gluten-free. Yeah, so it, it varies. There are some restaurants that are really open to the feedback. I talked to a restaurant not too long ago, and they said, oh my gosh, I can't believe you found gluten on our pizza. 
can you help us figure out where it might be happening? And that's exactly the sort of response. And so we start, you know, we started asking them questions. And you know, even when consumers ask, maybe it's the server, and they may not, they might not have gone back to the shelf, which has happened to us a few times. So that's those are the best experiences when the restaurants are really open to hearing the feedback and really willing to look. Some restaurants um, are not as open, and they can be. I don't know that they're antagonistic. I don't think that's quite the right word, but they might have disbelief. Um, we've had some cases that are sort of in between where the restaurant was like, the chef was like, I don't believe it. And they've taken the Nima back to the kitchen. And then the chef has actually come out because now now they're interested and you know then they want to understand. So sometimes it's also like, who can you also reach out to at the restaurant to get that attention? Um, but I would say those... Um, really negative experiences are very far and few between. Most people are really interested in NEMA. Most restaurants are really curious. Um, a lot of times we actually tell people, tell the restaurant in advance that you're going to be testing the food and explain that it's not a gotcha, but that just you're that sensitive. And sometimes the servers will just come and stand by. Yesterday I went to a hundred percent dedicated gluten-free bakery here in Washington and I came in and I explained what I needed and I explained all my additional food uh, food avoidances and they went through everything with me and then they sat down and for every single item we're like yay another smile but it was so great because they were really open and they were actually they said well you know we buy these oats they're certified gluten free but people have asked us if we have any other level of data around that and so just to be able to, to share with them and they were super excited to see that so that also can happen too where people are just like whoa yeah we did it and then uh, one of Another group is uh, the chefs who take it as a challenge. So we just recently um, did a blog post where uh, the editor of GFF Magazine had done 50 gluten-free dishes in San Francisco. So we went and tested all of them and we posted on social media. And one of the restaurants was like, bring it on, Nima. We want to test everything. And, you know, partially the owners, the owner of that particular restaurant, her daughter has celiac disease. So she was really committed to the cause. So it just sort of spans the gamut. And um, when, when you're dining out with people who are, who are gluten-free, especially with children, it can be stressful when you may have to send your food back or anything like that. So how, what advice would you give to families who may want to use the NEMA sensor and, 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 and may discover that there's some gluten in the food? Um, you know, how can they sort of use this device in a way that won't cause too much stress? You know, it's a great question, and I've been thinking about it um, in terms of how we how we can help families because the thing is as a parent I know when you have little kids sometimes you think everything's going well and then the hangry hits and you have a very very small window in which to help um, kids. So one is it always helps when you have a little bit more time, but I know that's not always practical to make certain that you have the time, but also to set the expectation with the kids. It's harder with like the three and a half year olds um, versus, you know, teenagers are like, all right, I know what I'm doing and my family can get behind it, but definitely have backup snacks, maybe even offer a snack as you're testing for the kid of something that you really trust. And I, you know, I hate to say bring food to a restaurant, but it's definitely a thing. The other thing you can do is look in the NEMA app beforehand and see their ratings for restaurants and kind of get a sense of, you know, is it a five where clearly they've done a really great job over and over again, or is it a three where there might be a little bit more, um, more opportunities to either have a conversation with the restaurant or really dig into the food beforehand. Uh, but I, I assume, you know, you're a parent that mm -hmm. you probably have uh, 
a small set of restaurants that you trust. And so maybe you start there before you expand to other places. So also the kids can get used to using the device and seeing that, that weight. And also understanding that the gluten found symbol is not something to be sad about. You should be grateful mm-hmm. so that you can at least dig into it and find out what happened. And, you know, there are people who, who will see that gluten found and say, you know what, I'm going to eat it anyway. I trust this restaurant. My kid has never gotten sick here before. It's, you know, that's, that's also a possibility. It's not the only tool in people's arsenals. So we see it as a way to, again, it's all about that conversation and that experience. But for young kids, you know, again, what research can you do beforehand? What snacks can you bring? Can you try? Like I said, it's so hard to go before kids are super tired. Um, And also maybe go a little earlier when restaurants have a little bit more flexibility to offer alternatives and things like that. You mentioned the app a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit more about the app and how you can use it? Yeah, so the app the app pairs to the device. Um, it's fully fleshed on iOS. Right now on the Android app, you can sync and see your test results. But at the very least, in the iOS app, you can actually upload your results and you can share them with the community. And every restaurant is scored on a five-point scale. And that score takes into account a couple different things. One is if the food was ordered as gluten-free or purchased as gluten-free? Is it actually gluten-free? But also for restaurants, we asked two other questions. And when we looked at all of the apps in the marketplace, a lot of it was about the subjective experience. And what we saw was people had two, two other real questions. And the first one was, well, how many items are actually available gluten-free? Because I can tell you um, from personal experience that the salad with no dressing and nothing but lettuce is really not much of a item. So just knowing like, oh, there's a lot of items that can be made gluten-free or there's few is really helpful. And then the second question is, what's the level of accommodation from the staff? Was the staff able to suggest things to you? Were they able to guide you in terms of what might be better items to order than others? Did they Were they able to convey your concerns to the chef did the chef come out you so you also rate on that and those things comprise the score so restaurants that have been visited have those so right now we have thousands of ratings not so you might not have coverage everywhere mm-hmm. but you know it's definitely growing we keep practically doubling reports each week so as you start to see what people are sharing you're like wow never went there before but now there's all these reviews and things like that so it seems like a yelp for gluten-free but that's actually based off of scientific data Pretty much. I mean, and again, it, it, because it's not a, it's not necessarily a, a review per se, much as like a report, right? Because you're sharing your test results, but you're also giving these other facets of data that are important too. Um, so how long did the device take to develop? Yeah, so the company started out about four years ago at MIT, and the two co-founders met, we always joke, over their shared intestinal distress. And... Uh, they moved the company to San Francisco. So it took about three years to fully develop all the chemistry, to get all of the mechanical engineering. We did about five rounds of beta testing, too, to get feedback on the device. For example, one of the things was we used to have a sad face instead of a gluten found. And what we realized was people weren't sad. They were grateful and they were happy that they knew not to eat something. So there were those were changes like that that we made. Uh, one of the things that's really important, uh, people don't always twist the lid on the cap all the way closed. And so we did some things to help people know how to do that. So, you know, we did several rounds of testing and then we launched this January. Great. And um, for the listeners who can't actually see it, we we have one here on the table. I'm holding it. It it fits it in the palm of my hand. It's lightweight. Um, Where can people get this? So they can buy it on the NEMA website, which is nemasensor.com. 
They can also call us at 844-NEMA-WOW. <laughs> and, you know, you can place an order either way. How much does, do these retail for? The way that it works is you get a starter kit, which is the device and three capsules, a pouch, and a charging cable for $279. And then we also have... Um, the refill pack. So again, you get the, you have these capsules that you have to use, and those are sold in boxes of twelve, and those are run about sixty dollars per twelve pack. We find most people they're not testing everything; they're testing two to three times a week when they go out to eat or they go someplace new. On vacation, people tend to use quite a few more. Um, some people test you know, packaged foods at home, but most people are testing two to three times a week. Great. Well, those are all the questions I have. Is there anything else you want to tell people about the NEMA Center? Yeah, come join our community. (laughs) Great. Well, thank you so much, Carla. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for all of that great information, Carla. You've definitely given everyone something to think about when it comes to dining out. And thanks to Eric for jumping in as a co-host this week. I want to thank all of our listeners out there for tuning into our podcast, and we'll talk to you next time.